1: This
2: is
0: a View from the Bullens podcast. Listen to all the news, views and inside track from Goodison Park. This is a View from the Bullens podcast, sponsored by the Beer Keller, Liverpool One.
2: Hello and welcome back to another episode here of You from the Bullens. the post-match reaction. Joined as always by Paul Draper, and myself, the host Ben Winstani for this one. <sighs> Sigh of relief, Paul. Everton won Bournemouth nil. We found a way. Dice found a way. The players found a way. We never stopped not believing. But look, what a result. Not really that much to be celebrating over. It's more of a relief and anger towards certain people within this club. What was your instant match reaction?
1: We did it. We we somehow got over the line. I remember after Fulham and Newcastle, we were down and out. We were I thought there was no coming back from this, but I I know the fans have got to take a lot of credit and they dragged the team over the line this year, but Players have got to take massive credit for this this year. They've performed as I thought. They didn't have it in them. They fought all the way with stuff going against them. As Dice mentions in his post-match interview, injuries, suspensions. Um, that wolf let that late wolves goal was massive, massive. But yeah, well, they've kept believing in Dice and his ideas and his and his work ethic and his work methods. It's paid off. I think he got. He's been under criticism that. Like, through his, through his spell here this half season, but he he's got he's done the job. So that bonus get put in his bank. straight
2: away. Yeah, Sean Dice for me found a way. You know he's found a way to win with injuries. We had four fullbacks. Uh, obviously Godfrey, Villegra, uh Patterson, Coleman, four first team fullbacks out. You see that. And And Mikelanko. That's five. You see. You see the team sheet, and I go that's the best you can put out today. You know, I really agreed with the back three. I initially thought that Alex Awobi was going to be right wing back um, and that later transpired was going to be James Garner. On to the match itself, I genuinely believed, I've never been so nervous, but it was the loudest I've heard Goodison Park. You know, it was, the fans were absolutely monumental, colossus, like for me, they were incredible from minute one up to minute 90, you know, Bournemouth players when they had the ball, everyone was booing. When we had a a sniff of the ball, any turnover, any big tackles, they were cheering, it was loud. And that's what we want to see all the time. But I I think like what Sean Dice alluded to in his post-match interview was the fans never really got nervous. It seemed to be like like, a goal's coming. At the, the first half, we didn't really create much. And, you know, I I talked to the Bobble at half-time and a few people around me, and I was nervous. I didn't quite understand if Evan were going to find a way. We huffed and we puffed. There was a lot of effort there, a lot of... But there was no real clear-cut chances besides the the Damari Gray, you know, nailed on penalty. And we'll probably come on to that later on. Like, what is the point of VAR? What is the point of Michael Oliver? He hates us, never gives us anything. And, you know, I'm a big believer in, in, in VAR. I think it's there for the right reasons. But when you see you know, ex-players on BT Sports and pundits saying it's a penalty all day. If four or five people can look at that clip and go, that's a penalty, why can't one person, you know, say that it isn't or it isn't? But Dan McGallagher as well, Sky Sports, never gives us anything, always goes yeah. with the referee and it's nailed-on penalty. Um, I think the game overall, Everton were the better team. Um, I think we... Nullified Bournemouth, you know, they didn't really have any clear cut chances by that first one. David Brooks in the first half, I think it was minute forty three. James Tarkovsky's made a mistake, and honest to God, you could hear the gulp from everyone because you know you're going through one on one and somehow recovered. Brooks being an Evertonian from Warrington didn't decide to pull the trigger for whatever reason that is. Um you know, I, I thought he looked really good. David Brooks before Did he went, went good off. Block injured, from Mina? yeah well, come we're, on to me in a later we're going to come on to me in a later but yeah I think overall I'm relieved Um I think as soon as that final whistle blew it was instant relief but then it turned to anger for me I think obviously there was massive chance of sack the ball towards obviously the directors um where they sat and I just can't believe that lightning has struck twice we've got so lucky And now this is the time now that we need change. You know, last year it was kind of like a relief. Everyone had got a bit fed up and a bit pushed aside and gone, you know what, let's just see what happens in the summer. Give them a chance for recruitment. They got it wrong again. We stayed up on the last, last day, literally by the skin of our teeth. It was only fortunate that the likes of Leicester, Leeds and Southampton were just so, so poor. Couldn't get a run of wins together. I don't know how we've done it, but look. onto the game itself. Man of the match, shouts Because obviously there's been a few. People have talked about, obviously, James Garner, Idrissa Garner-Gay. Um, I'll, give, I'll give my opinion after this, but I'll let you go first. What were your thoughts on who could be man of the match?
1: a Garner-Gay for me, was, <clears throat> he was outstanding. He was everywhere, won every tackle. He set the tone. He put a, a big tackle in very early doors, first couple of minutes. That just set the tone for the game and the, and the fans. We always say big tackling, early doors, get everyone even more confidence and going. And he did just that. And I thought he was immense even on the ball. I thought he was very, very good. Yes, he, he popped a few shots off from range. That one that in the first half where he, you may think he could do better, but keeper pulled off a good save for them. Yeah. Then that other one in the first half where keeper just paddies it and the Manny Gray Someone so to get there just after the Bournemouth player already got a penalty. But yeah, I thought... There were so many good performances yesterday. No one had a horrible performance, I think. The back three were outstanding apart from that Tarkovsky lapse of concentration. Pickford just solid enough. Didn't panic. Kept us in the game. And when he when he thought when he saw before our goal that we were going, we were sort of losing our heads a bit before we scored starts the second half. We had a free kick. I think it's what leads to the throwing that leads to the goal. He he sprinted up obviously to to put the ball in and he was going to the players like calm down keep your heads keep your heads it's still over half hour to go here so yeah I think they all deserve a special mention for me but uh, there's a Garner guy just edged it and um James Garner that right wing back did an outstanding job and I think that's who you're going to go for
2: that's exactly who I'm going to go for and that obviously is Jimmy Garner James Garner you know He's been injured for a large portion of of this season. I just think when he's been in the side, we've looked so much more compact. We've looked a bit more football and narrative. You know, he's got a very he's a very technical player, likes possession. And what I love most about James Garner is the versatility. You know, he he came out in the in the week saying he just wants to play football. He will play whatever he wants. I thought he was exceptional yesterday. He got stuck into obviously Utara, who obviously came. He born us one of the things the record signing. Now it was. He was chipped up with a few goals he nullified him he's playing out of position a position where he's not really used to and I just thought he slipped in straight away did a job solid 9 out of 10 but I think Idrissa Garn was second for me I probably put him high up there Um, he obviously tracked everywhere he's making tackles but James Garn look he's composed he always looks very cool and calm and collected on the ball always looks to there uh, to find a pass, never really panics, never really looks like he's flustered. And I think we've got a real snip there. It was £9 million, obviously rising to 14 in Manchester United. I know a lot of United fans when we bought James Garner and they were surprised to see him come to us. I think he when he's played, he's looked extremely Comfortable, you know. He looks like an Everton player. He gets stuck in. He throws the tackles and he goes. He wins a lot of headers. I think there was a lot of 50 50 headers. He was getting up there and he was jumping. I think in the first, in the second half, mean Mina was going over to him, like hitting him on the back, saying "Well done, well done," constantly in his ear. And that's what I love. That's a proper Everton performance you know square pegs round holes we've got four five injured players you can play fullback and you put your central midfielder in James Garner as a right wing back and he's gone I know the task ahead I know what I've got to do I'm going to whack out a nine out of ten performance and that's what I love so much about him because he's just you know epitomized exactly what I want to see from any of Everton player you play in there today son right okay shin pads on socks up Job to do, and he done it unbelievably well. So, James Garner was my man of the match. And let's move on to that deciding moment the tears by Ellen Road on the King Power Stadium. And that is, of course, the Abdullah Decore rockets. You know, when it hits the net, for those who weren't there that are listening to this podcast, it was the loudest I have ever heard a goal celebrate. As you heard Gary Neville on commentary, it was shaking. Goodison Park was lifting up and we've seen some big goals over the past two years to Mardi arsenal to Dominic Calvert-Lewin, the Alex Iwobi against Newcastle. That top it for me. First the goal, then the reaction. What were your thoughts?
1: Wow, I, could, I couldn't believe he done that well. Then again, after that Brighton volley, I believe anything from the corner. right now, how we got that volley on target with his shin. But... All the he's took off people, especially off me, I've got to say. Massive, massive part of us staying up. Obviously, the goal yesterday, but since Sean Dyche came in, he's been exceptional. He's been everywhere. And when we struggled the most was when he was out, when he got that three-game ban, which, looking back, he'll be disappointed with himself that he lashed out at Harry Kane, but who cares about that now anyway? But that reaction, mate, I've, I've never seen it before. And as you say, we've been in some big goals over the past few years, even like away from home. Ellis Sims at Chelsea... We've been in some goals that get some very good reactions off like the Gladys Street, the away ends or whatever, or the park end in this case. But yeah, that's the loudest we've I've ever celebrated the goal, the loudest I've ever seen Goodison. And I just I couldn't I,
2: I still can't believe that he scored that to be fair. When he got headed out, I think it was like this is the chance now. And he hit it and that ball stayed hit.
1: Yeah, and he just can he just he made sure he, he connected well with it.
2: I don't know if anyone else who listens, obviously listens in. I've watched that goal about 15, 20 times. That was in the space of about 10 minutes. And I've looked at it at all different angles. That ball, as soon as it leaves his foot, stays at the same height and it just hits the back of the net. There's no bounce, there's no like spin on the ball. He's absolutely Smash the lever off the back of it. He's, he's cl- literally, you know, we talk about that shin goal against Brighton. Yeah. This is off the laces and that yeah. ball stays struck. And when and that hit the back of the net. You ne- could
1: see what it meant to the players, how they, they, were, oh. all, they were all getting emotional celebrating yeah. it. And you could see how much it meant to them, obviously, not to be the team that took Everton down, but how committed they've been to the cause. And it's something that you haven't really been able to say over Everton teams over the past few years. And again, going back to Daesh, that's something he's got to take. Massive, massive responsibility and credit for And especially the goal scorer, the quarter He was down and out He was he was on the back door, training on his own Sitting on balls, warming up at City Bombing out, having fights with Lampard After Southampton, as peer reports And the commitment and the attitude that they've all shown Since he came in, it's just been second to none And it was never going to be a lack of fight Or a lack of attitude that would take us down It would always have been a lack of quality but as that famous coach says, when you if you don't work hard, quality will always come seconds. And I think that's what the likes of Leicester and Leeds will be finding out that they've got better players than us, really, especially Leicester. Yeah. But they haven't put the, they haven't put the fight in.
2: I think you're right there in regards to fight. I think that's probably the main massive positive with Sean Dyche. He's installed. You know, I'm going to go back to February the first here. I always tend to do this on this podcast for the listeners, but. February the first, Anthony Gordon's just gone for 45 million. Regardless of what you thought of Anthony Gordon was, he is an attacking threat, he is an option and he was an asset. Obviously a business-wise asset. You've got no players coming in. Your striker, Dominic Harvard-Lewin, is out injured. I think James Garner's out injured. You've got a manager who's obviously just come in, and you look at them one of the fixtures that we've got and you're going, I can't I can't see Everton getting a single point here. And then to come away from them sets of fixes, it was a twenty-one. He came in, he had fifteen points, points bottom, bottom of the league, to get twenty-one points with the injuries, the suspensions, the contract talks ending. We all know that these the footballers sometimes don't want to get injured while their contracts are up and running. To get this team fighting, to get the mentality shifted is what's impressed me so much. Yes, the football's not been, you know, prime Arteta or prime Guardiola. So, I think we spoke about before, it's been so enough. we've had loads of chances since Dijit came in. And I think he, he's coming in, he's, he's identified, we've got a big, physical, strong side. Might not be the best footballing team, but let's install work ethic, let's let install fight, and let's install a performances that Everton fans can get behind. Because I've said it for, for how long, we will get behind players fighting for the badge. You don't have to come on, play nice little football. If you lose the ball and you work, your socks off think Dwight McNeil did it in the 90th minute yesterday again. I think he passes the ball and he chases the right-back centre-half goalkeeper and the, the Goodison Park faithful got right behind it. So, in regards to Sean Dice, and we're going to touch on him now, I think the job he's done is incredible. And people might say, I'm, you know, I'm one-sided and they might say you're not seeing it from another point of view. I've seen a team under Lampard and i look at these players i look at their reactions obviously fortunate enough to get obviously the away tickets and go to the away games and i like to study players body languages i like to see how they react when they go like you know goals down or after losses when we got beat by west ham away you look at the body languages from the players the fans we were gone we were completely gone i think the rating was was 75 to go down
0: You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
2: So he's come in, he's got a team whose confidence is rock bottom you know suspensions injuries i have touched on before and he's got this belief back that we can do this and we have ultimately done that yes results have gone in our favour but we've had some massive wins along the way I think we've had five wins now 4-1-0 at Cuddison 4 one nil. you know you've got to beat the likes of Leeds Brentford Bournemouth and hats off to Bournemouth yesterday by the way you know they came and they had a good go they weren't on the beach mm-hmm. that we p- potentially anticipated Gary O'Neill went full strength they had some really good performance billing was fantastic for them of course he ran the show But Sean Dice getting sidetracked Job he's done in that game And as a whole
1: He's great We've been, we've been saying it for months you and me. We, We're we really big fans of him aren't we um, As I say He did come under criticism But Respective of what views you've got he, he got brought in To st- to keep this team in the Premier League He's done that So he's been a, He's been a successful he's, You could say If you were to mark him He'd be a what An A because he, he's done his job. He's done what he was what he was paid to do, what he's going to get paid to do. And I know there's been a few people that have said, I'd be tempted to get rid of him if we stay up. For me, it'd be closer to getting a new contract than getting rid of him. Not saying that I'd like to give him one, but in my view, he, if he's done that with that team, we have we said also, he's kept where it seems up with Burnley. He knows yeah. what, what it's like. He won't panic. And he said himself, "It's I'm not panicking. The only time I'm going to check the league table is at the end of the season, the only one that matters, he knew what what he had to do, the job in front of him and even his interviews, like I know people say he's a bit boring but we, we spoke off-camera, you can see how focused he is on the players while the season's on because that interview we gave yesterday after the game, I've only just watched it to be fair, that you just showed it to me, it's one of the best I've ever heard like he know he knows what, what needs to change and he said on and off the pitch so he's aware of what's Going on behind the scenes and the unrest and ball not turning up to games, throwing players, fans, colleagues on the bus, all, sort, all that sort of stuff that we've been discussing since well before January for the last few years now actually. He's took it on the chin and thought, yeah, well, we're going to align everyone together and we're going to do this and he's done it.
2: No, I, I agree, and just alluding to that post-match interview, I was so impressed with obviously his professionalism, and he's not scared to call out the hierarchy. Like you know, if he wants to get sacked, they get paid off, and he basically said, you know, the mentality is questionable. We need it's baby steps now, and I completely agree with him. It's now about stability. It's about sticking with a manager. You might not like the football, um, obviously, but you've got to play what you've got. We can't be getting someone like a like a young coach likes to play possession-based football because we haven't got the money to, to make the eight to 10 signings that they'll need to obviously play their style of play. We've got a manager that, that is somehow getting a tune out of this squad. And regardless of what you think the football is, we're, we're creating chances. We're going to away games, not getting battered. It's away record is very good. Very, very. I'm more confident away from home, which I never thought I'd say than I could Park. But look... He called out the, the mentality of not only the you know the players when he arrived, but the hierarchy too. He said that Everton Football Club should not be celebrating staying up because we're a massive club. And I completely agree with him. And I want to allude that now and touch back on the game with yourself. What were your thoughts at full time in regards to what's going on?
1: If if that's on about people around to the pitch, I I didn't run on the pitch last year either. So I thought this year it seemed a bit forced from people to just wanted to get on and take a picture. But again, I'm nobody to question what people are doing or why they're doing that, what what they're going through or how they how they expressed their relief. I think with I tell you what, with how much money the club spent on security, yes, they they didn't do quite a very good job in keeping in making sure that that didn't happen. But yeah, I was more impressed of County Road before the game. Oh wow! Completely yeah, blocked off, completely, yeah. completely full. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. You couldn't even move on like the whole county roads. It was amazing, and some turnout from everybody. All the all the pubs, chocolate to watch the game. Even if you didn't have a ticket, everyone was getting down there, and you just felt how big a game it was. We went out. At about 10 o'clock in the morning, me and me, me, and County Road was rammed already. Every every, every boozer was full. It was some dedication, some commitment, performance yesterday from the fans, who, as you said, we they were all immense. And it just shows how important yesterday was for everyone and how important the club is for the whole fan base.
2: Yeah, I think, obviously, in regards to the fans, the pre-game scenes, um, I know you were there and a few of us were there. The, the videos I've seen, it looks absolutely incredible, and it always makes me say, "What if we were good? We could fill that road, you know, tenfold." For a team to be, in essence, down and out, fighting for their lives, scraping the barrel, doing everything possible to stay up for the second year running. Hats off to the fans for going again. Because a lot said, "I can't do this again. I can't do this again." And you know what? If you couldn't be, you know, if you couldn't do it again then that is what it is. But hats off to everyone that turned up before the game. You set the tone. Everyone was fired up. and um, We got it over the line and onto the full-time whistle. For about five seconds, I was relieved. You know, it's it, Everton Football Club takes over your life. It affects your moods, your family, your friends, your partners, your colleagues at work. You know, I've left WhatsApp group chats that I've been in for 10, 15 years that, like, over the past few weeks. Because mentally, it's just draining. You know, arguing, trying to fight. You know, trying to come to the realization that you're not you're not mad for what in Everton, and you've got the thing they've got a chance to stay up. It takes over your whole life. So that initial, you know, relief we survived, we're gonna be a Premier League team, it quickly turned to anger. And it was, it was obviously evidence when the whole stadium, Goodison Park, started singing Sack the Board. You know, 39,000 fans singing Sack the Board and aiming it at the director's box because they've put us in this, in this position. Ultimately, Everton Football Club is a business and they have run this business into the ground. And the fight can't stop. We need a better Everton now. The season's done. We've remained a Premier League club, but the fight cannot stop. We need to push for change. We want a better Everton because that anger that I felt was the first year against Palace, it was a massive like, oh, you know, I'm done. So glad it's over. Relief. But yesterday, you know, lightning did strike twice. Somehow, the gods were looking over us, the footballing gods, stopped being Sean Dice. and he's kept us in the Premier League. I still, I'm astounded to understand how he's done it. Gone back through them fixes from February the 1st and I could only see about, you know, 12 points max Uh, And that was with beating Fulham at home as well, not winning that game. So the job he's done uh, is incredible. And he's he's installed that belief back into the fans. I'm not saying the connection with Sean Dice is better than Frank Lampard. It probably isn't. But what I love about Sean Dice is he knew there was a job to do. He clapped in, no standing on top of the director's box, job done, get inside, moving on to next season. Let's put this under under the carpet and let's go and build bridges for me. Let's work on the mentality, work on recruitment, Work on pre season and let's work on getting these players the best that they can be. So, the board, they've shot themselves in the foot this season. You know, they've they got, they got to get our jail free card last summer because everyone was drained. It can't stop now. The fight, they've got to be. And it, f- it won't for stop, really.
1: It won't stop. There's already been statements come out today against the board. We know that there, there needs to be changes. There's been rumours of changes, obviously, with investment that seems to be close that the party that is supposed to be leading the way MSP, they want six or seven board members, the rumour was, or that they want to replace the current boards. I think it was their CEO or their chairman. He wants to be very involved. And I think he's quite... A, I think he's the owner of the Phoenix Suns in basketball. Yeah. And they're, they're having quite a good spell lately. I know they, they, they're they having quite a good spell. Just put it that way for those that follow the NBA will probably know a bit more about that. But um, it needs to be changed. I think there will be. The biggest change, however... I know Macheri is not gonna sell the club full until that ground that's down the road from here is built. The biggest change right now has got to be the chairman. The chairman's got to go. Until the chairman doesn't go, it will not it will not change. Everything will still be the same while that man's there. And it's been like this for as long as he's been here. And I know we are sick of saying it, but every every decision or everything that comes out to him, it's worse. That letter that he that he wrote to the fans, of, I think, few weeks, months ago now. I think it was in the Athletic before, today before that everyone Palace. everyone told him don't put that out, and he still did that. That's what he is. He, he only cares about his ego, himself, and until he's gone, we will still be battling in these battles because we won't have anything anything to look forward to. He can't come back at all. We said this when he when he started to not come. I think was it Southampton the first game he didn't turn up. We said they can't come back and they haven't came back. They've thrown Lampard, Daish, the players and the fans under the bus by first. Not supporting Lampard by attending the game when he was under pressure, on the brink and suffering a lot with, obviously, unrest from fans and the results. Daish on his first game, you, you, you're there. When you when you start a new job, you normally go and you meet your employer <laughs> and they, they normally do like a tour or whatever, but they not there relegation decided they're not there Newcastle game another massive game for the club they're not there they they just have they don't care they don't really care about the club or us or us or even the players they only care about themselves and they've all got to go really and until they're not gone especially the chairman it will not change
2: we're getting a bit sidetracked from the game but you can obviously see what the main talk and putting the narrative is in this but let's get back to the game then Yeri Mina Oh. James Tarkovsky and Connor Cody, Sean Dykes went with a back three. Um, you know you mean it for me, got confronted by fans around Christmas time and he said, I will stand up. You know, I will be there. I will be fighting. Hats off to the big man because he certainly has. You know, I, it's, it's all this like, you know, he's 120 grand a week. When he's, when he's fit and playing like he has been for the past few weeks, he's arguably a top six centre-half. Brilliant. Easily. And... Yesterday again, he was absolutely colossal. He was a man mountain, winning everything. What were you? What were your thoughts on on the defensive and especially Yerry
1: I love him. if 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 he went walking, check knows he'd be here for ages, wouldn't he? Really, because I think he, I think he does really enjoy being here. I think he's he's very well liked round the dressing room, obviously. But credit to him, because knowing he's going to put in those performances, knowing that that you're getting off at the end of the season. Take some doing and it takes some professionalism really and some self-care and self love to say I'm still gonna to perform to the best of my ability and try and help this team to be where it where I think it should be or where it deserves to be. So yeah, he was out he's been brilliant since he came in against against Brighton. That was the start of it all. When we put five past them, like we still haven't touched on how we did that really, but yeah, Connor Cody yesterday had a really tough job coming in after time without being involved obviously he got dropped after that Villa game potentially last game at the club again fantastic that clearance off the line he just doesn't shut up he can always he's always talking and always communicating and he said himself about this this is not nothing to celebrate this club cannot be here again but yeah they would do all three of them they were outstanding they're very good centre-halves really and as you said on Mina if he could stay fit he'd probably be a top Top, at least the top halves
2: into
1: that fight minimum, in to get into Europe.
2: Minimum, yeah. but yeah, we, we did it, man. I know we did do it. I, I, I'm as you can probably tell, like on this podcast, we just say it how it is. You know, we just call a spade a spade, and you are probably seeing like the emotions. And I'm just completely drained of it all. Still don't understand how. I had the best night's sleep ever with the help of a few Jaeger bombs last night, but. I, I, I agree with everyone in and around the club. It's not into, nothing to celebrate now. We, you shouldn't have been celebrating that. It's you know the, the, the way they've affected the fans for the past two seasons. We don't deserve that. We should be traveling around Europe with our mates, going to Wembley, having days out. You know, going around the, the globe, experiencing, following this magnificent football club. But instead, we're having sleepless nights. There's rows. There's you know, they just pulled us through the mill again the past two years, especially... I think this year was worse than last. You know, a, a, a lot worse. I think worse. we
1: always say, because last year you could see... You could see there was Richardson that could drag you out of it, or like Pickford's. Carver-Lewin was fifth. Carver-Lewin weren't having injury issues really last year, as big as this season. But I don't know why this season just felt much worse. I think also the teams that were down there, they had better players than us. Last year you had Norwich... Wofford and who was the other team that went down? Burnley wearing it, yeah. And you could see them three, they all had worse squads than us. Whereas this year, especially after the January window, you can only really see, can only see Southampton really being the worse squad than us, or at least we've got the thinnest squads, especially if we get a few injuries or a few suspensions.
2: It's like that bench yesterday. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It was horrendous, wasn't and, it?
1: And I don't, know, I don't know how we've done it, but... It, as I say, it felt much worse this year, and it probably was, and I think that's why. Also, when we were saying before about fans that said, "I'm not ready to go through this again," they, they turned out in even bigger numbers this year. Yeah, they did. And it's just a credit to everyone involved in what's in being able to get out of this.
2: I think just talking on the subs, you know, 600, 700 million pounds spent on players over the course of was it six or seven years. We've got two goalkeepers on the bench, one being nearly forty years of age in Lonergan, and there was actually an additional space for somebody else. They they didn't choose to take the option of the full, you I know, the full know squad. This. So you look at that bench. Was it Morpay, Sims,
1: Holgate.
2: Hol- Holgate. Was Keen, it McAllister, the young, the young lad, Lonnigan, Welsh, Begovic? That was it. So you think if this first eleven can't get this job done, you look at that and you go, Sims has got a chance. Morpay's got a chance. That's it. A- That's it.
1: Unless you're throwing Michael Keane up front, that's it.
2: Unless Michael Keane was getting thrown on up front, which probably was going to be the plan if it was the same 70, 75 minutes in. I'm just glad it's over. To summarise, tell me how you're feeling now. The season's done. We've beat Bournemouth. we survived. Leeds and Leicester have gone. And Southampton. What are your thoughts then, So to summarise? Relieved.
1: um, Just so much relief, yes, as soon as the whistle went. You know, I just hugged him and... and Bridgman for about two or three minutes, like we just couldn't believe it. We've been through it all together, like all of us all are. mates. everyone just relief. And then first thought was, let's just get back to the boozer. Yeah. But yeah, now onto pre-season. Hopefully they can announce us soon and that. So we'll go again, don't we? That's
2: what we do. Yeah, I'm relieved. I'm angry. Uh, there will be a season with you guys and girls to come to follow, I think this week or next, to get a few guests lined up for that. I just want to say a massive thank you to everyone who obviously follows this podcast and a big thank you to some girls and guys out there who never gave up hope. Obviously, we know a few of them. The the stuff that goes on behind the scenes from this fan base is absolutely incredible. These girls and guys go above and beyond. You know, they've all got full-time working jobs and Everton is their second job. It's their life. So an absolutely massive credit and kudos to them to install the faith, to keep the belief and in essence to drag this club once again through the mill to safety because without fans like that and and all the fans coming together, we had absolutely no chance. I think Gary Neville summarised it quite perfectly, to be honest. He said the best thing about this football club is the fans. And they've
1: been let down for several and, years. And they've been said. let
2: down for years and it needs to change. You know, Sky are saying it. All the media are now saying an excellent piece by Joe Thomas, a full time. Different
1: page of the echo. Still can't believe it, that he managed to get that sorted. He, he's he's, out, he's been outstanding in, in everything really. Yeah, mass- I was lucky enough to meet him um, early in the season, and he's such a top lad too. And I know he's been on here before. He's the way he's sort of changed the way that the echo reports about Everton and the Everton hierarchy. It's amazing, and he deserves a lot, a lot of credit too for that.
2: No, I agree. Obviously, journalists like Joe and others, they, they've worked tirelessly this season. And I just hope and I'm praying that, you know, before lessons have been learned last year, let's just pray to God that lessons are learned after this year. Because if it's a private limited company, which it is, then you failed at your job two years running. If it was you or I, we wouldn't be in another job Monday morning. So, let them have the bank holiday. Let everyone breathe. But this week, Tuesday onwards, it's going to be a big week. I think there's going to be investments, imminence, and I think changes are imminence at the football club. Like you said, there's obviously a few people that need to go ahead of others. But to be quite honest with you, they just need to change now. And, give us a bit of communication. I remember the back end of last year, Shiri give us a bit of a statement in regards to the plan and judge me at the end of the window. <laughs> Let's, Let's have a proper communication. If we're skint, tell us we're skint. Just say we're skint. Just say we've got no money. It's going to be drips and drabs for this year. Sell to buy just and say. just say. Just come out and tell us communication and transparency. And then it gives the fan base to go, right, we need to, we need to get together again. This is what we're in for. This is the fight. This is the war we're going into. Let's have it. Because if we know what's going on, it just puts everything to bed in silence, and that's probably one of the, the worst things about this football club. They don't use, not saying use us. You know, there are fan channels out there. Use,
1: they don't use their own YouTube channel for this stuff. You, they, don't, you, they don't use their their own ways of their own um, ways of content that they have got their Twitter accounts, their Instagram accounts, even TikTok, YouTube. They don't use that whatsoever to give you to give fan stuff. They put the if they are to put interviews out, they always put them behind the membership paywall at, on the Everton website. That's something that I, if it was if I was in charge of that I'd look to change because then you're not reaching really your big fans because not everyone can afford the membership. Would think they could, they're up to like 50 fifty pound a year now. So yeah, I think that's something they real. That's something like also they need to change, but they won't really. So,
2: <laughs> but yeah, like I said, they could use them. They could use us or other fan channels out there. Just start talking to the fans because. If you're left in the dark, people start asking questions, rumours start spreading, and that's what creates this this animosity and this nervousness, and people don't know what's going on. But look, guys and girls, we hope you have enjoyed the podcast this year. Obviously, the hard work starts now. Obviously, myself and the one they call the bobble, I've got a one hell of a summer coming up. Fingers crossed they've got signings lined up. Obviously, the investment's close. Stuff is happening, and we'll hopefully be the first to report on it and obviously feedback anything that we get to give you some transparency. I just want to say a massive thank you then to absolutely everyone who tunes in, subscribes, listens to us on either Spotify, the free the free podcasts, the Patreon members, the YouTube, the TikToks every little helps the, the people that come to just the events only to to get out and obviously a massive thank you to everyone that attended on friday that helped me it that calmed me down one. a lot that it really did calm me down i think it was much needed i think it was kind of the strength in numbers so that was a massive thank you to everyone that came for that and a massive thank you to our sponsors um, obviously seeing the demolition the Beer of Liverpool what they've done for us this season to help sponsor obviously grassroots football to give us this working space where we are now to provide the content to obviously all Evertonians it really really is appreciated Danny behind the scenes he's been a massive um, Danny. acquisition for the podcast he's taken us to that next level he is smiling for the first time today on a hangover but honestly massive thank you to him massive thank you to you for obviously joining the podcast Dave, Rich, Lee, Bobble um, and you Ben you know, I just host a thing, but no, it's a lot of work goes in. It really, really does. And people are quick to judge, but look, we're just, we're just normal lads that like talking about football. And hopefully we've shown throughout this year that we're just a, a good set of lads that just say it how it is. You know, we're not in anyone's pockets. We just call a spade a spade and that's what it is. But anyway, we're safe. Everton one, Bournemouth nil. That is the post-match reaction. Thank you as always to Paul for joining me for this one. We got there in the end. The fan base were incredible. Hats off to each and every one of you, wherever you are in the world. Because I've seen some videos in America, Australia, Asia. We are one fan base.
1: Have, like you good- see, have you seen the one of the under tens flying back from Germany?
2: Yeah, and they're celebrating. Under- Amazing. But no, honestly, it's incredible. You know, th- th- this club deserves so much more. We deserve so much more. Good times will come. I'm positive. I'm, I'm positive of that. But anyway, stay safe. It's over. Was it 9 was it 97 days until we 75 days till we start again. I think I it's think. only
1: like 15 till the fixtures are announced.
2: Yeah, so we're, we're back in, up looking at them fixtures in two and a half weeks time, looting away going through the house. But in the meantime, stay safe guys, all the very best.